Hello, and welcome back to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. We're picking right up with part two of preventative aging. If you missed part one, simply scroll down and click preventative aging part one. Which brings us to fillers, because we haven't talked about fillers yet, and that's sort of intentional. Um, I'm going to go on record and say I'm not a big fan of fillers in general, even though I personally do use them. I hate when I use them, because I'm like, ugh. I'm not sure that pumping all this stuff in my face is actually good long term, but I understand the need for it in certain areas. Uh, but I don't okay. love them. I don't, I, I don't love fillers. I, I don't love them. Well, do you love fat? Would you yeah. rather fat graft? Yeah, I'm plus minus on fat. I think as in terms of a safety profile, I think fat's much better. I don't think that you're going to get the same results from fat that you can get from filler. No, fillers are much more structurally sound right. and can, can It'll do things. It'll definitely fill things up. Right. Um, they really aren't going to do anything from an anti-aging standpoint. I don't think that they provide any long-term preventative or therapeutic benefit, but they do treat problems as they arise. Yeah, thin as, lips, which can be a sign of aging. Thin lips, the sign of aging. Certainly, Deep folds. when you start to get into like, your mid-30s, that's when you are going to see descent of the soft tissues of your face. This is where cheek fillers are really helpful um, and some nasal labial fold fillers. I do all of these. I've done them in the past. I understand why they're necessary. I just think you have to be very judicious with how much you use them and understand that these fillers don't come without inherent risks and some long-term risks that we don't entirely understand yet. We definitely see patients come back with um, you know, allergic reactions to fillers, infections from fillers, weird immune responses to fillers that can happen years after they've been placed. Yep. So that's why I say I like them because I understand why they are good and what they can do for you. But you have to understand that there is a risk with them and just sort of weigh your own personal risk benefit. You know, they, they are, for the most part, very well tolerated. They're made of, you know, the sugar protein components of, of Cartilage, like they're the you know the hyaluronic acids, I think are really safe. But it doesn't mean that you can't be allergic to the preservative or that right. you know, some other additive or, or some way that they've been not, tweaked. Yeah. yeah. So it, like it can be an issue. Um, yeah. So, but needless to say, I like fillers. I like fat too. I think fat has an added benefit of a stem cell transfer of some kind that probably helps rejuvenate the skin, makes your skin look fresher. Um, so fat is helpful. Uh, I like PRP. I mm-hmm. think PRP is helpful where you draw some blood, spin down the plasma, and inject the plasma into the face. Um, that That is a really nice procedure. Does it turn back the clock like a facelift? Absolutely no. not. Does it no. make the skin maybe look a little healthier? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, like, so. a, it's like a very aggressive facial, basically, yeah. PRP. Is it going to really do a whole lot of anti-aging? I don't think we know, but probably doesn't hurt. It's one of those things. No, the the best anti-aging moves are the things we're talking about where you're, you know, obviously with the with the lasers that that you know, that that moves the needle. Yeah. It, no, you know sure. it does. Period end of story. Um so then so now we're getting to the fun age. <laughs> yeah. So now like you're so coming up like on 40. Mid late 30s. This is this is my game here. Um, and so what are your options now? That's right. So what do you do, Millicent? I mean, you you tend to know uh, before you need to do something, you do it because yeah. you're always on the front end of the curve. Yes. And that's why you look like this. Yes. <laughs> it's very key. Um, 
So this is where you're going to need to get a little more aggressive with your treatments. And this is where surgery might be an option. Um, and this is where more aggressive energy devices might, might be an option. Yes. So let's start with that. So let's talk about more aggressive energy devices, mainly because the impetus for this podcast was a procedure I had done earlier this week, <laughs> which is called face tight. So uh, there's face tight and then it's, you know, buddy is body tight. And both of these are devices that use radio frequency technology to, again, stimulate collagen. But this technique is done in a more invasive fashion. So it's really only done by surgeons or people that know how to do surgery because you actually make an incision through the skin. You tunnel, they're called cannulas, which are kind of long, thin, rounded needle type devices under the skin, through the subcutaneous tissue or fat, and you first numb it up with a numbing solution. And then once the numbing solution's had an effect, then you go in and you apply this energy device under the skin. In a lot of ways, it's similar to the Renuvion that we've talked about, but sort of just a different way of applying it. But by going under the skin, you can turn up the energy a lot because you don't have to worry about burning the skin. When you apply radio frequency technology like the Opus laser or anything like this on top of the skin, you can only get so hot because right. you have to protect the skin so it doesn't burn. When you're underneath it with these long, thin cannulas, you can really up the energy. And so these devices, the one I did is FaceType. Big, huge shout out to Dr. David Dorfman, who has done this. This is my second time doing it. He does this all the time. He owns a device. He loves it. Um, he's really, really good at it. And I think it works. You know, I did it three years ago, and then you start to see the effects three months, and then about six months is really when you sort of plateau from a result standpoint. And the results last about three years. Like a couple months ago, I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, it's time. Like I noticed it, that I was getting a little bit looser skin around the jawline and in the jowls. So it really is good for treating jowls, for treating jawline, for treating neck, a little bit of the nasolabial fold areas, although you can also do it under the under eyes as well. And so it's a procedure that you go in. I didn't take any sedation medication, but certainly you can. Um, you can take some oral medication, um, but you don't really need to. Um, it's a little uncomfortable when they put the tumescent in, but it's not too bad. Yeah, it goes numb, though. That's the whole point. And then point. it goes numb really quickly. I was blown up like a marshmallow that night and a little bit the next day. But most of the swelling and the bruising is gone by about a week. And then you just wait for your results. And so the face tight is a really, really, really good option for someone who's not quite ready for a facelift, but they're getting there. They're seeing the loose skin. The lasers aren't really going to do the trick anymore. And so it gives you an additional option before you get to the facelift stage. Or even for someone who may who might be ready for a facelift but doesn't want to go under stem surgery. Stem the tide a little bit. It's, Stave it's an it off for well. another two years. Another couple of years. And it's not cheap, you know, depending on where you go. Some practitioners will charge, you know, eight, ten thousand dollars, some will charge fifteen, twenty. So it this is definitely you're getting up there now in terms of the invasiveness of the procedure and also the cost. Yep. And uh I think also coupled with that is the Morpheus yes. procedure too, which is sort of similar in the direction of the result, but it's done externally without a cannula. Correct. So and that you can, can be do done by a nurse or a PA. Or a PA. And uh, Dr. Dorfman asked me if I wanted to do the Morpheus because he frequently does them in combination. He'll do the face type with the Morpheus. They're owned by the same company, so usually practitioners have both devices. 
Um, I didn't do the Morpheus this time, and here's why, because the Morpheus is something you really need to do at least three or four times to see a result, and I just don't have the time to get yeah. down there. So I'm like, what's the point of even doing one if I can't do you know, yeah. another three or four? But the Morpheus, right. Morpheus is great. I think even Morpheus in isolation, uh, if you do it the recommended four, five, six times, you can see a tightening benefit as well. That one hurts. That one hurts. Yes. You'll need your Pronox for that that one. Everyone who does the Morpheus, we do not have that. Um, I've thought about it. Um, Orla seems to be able to get the results that she wants to with the devices that we have. So we're not going to to get that. But um, the face tight seems interesting. But, you know, I also feel like I should just do facelifts on people because... That, you know, it just depends on your practice. Too. Depends on you your know, practice. As, as a surgeon, yeah. like when you look at all these devices, first of all, they're all freaking a Ferrari in cost. They're expensive. If not, if not two. Yeah. You know, they're really, really expensive. So you got to do a ton of face tight to pay for that machine yep. and actually make money. Yes. So that's the problem for me. You know, that's why I'm, I, you know, kudos to the people that can make these things make money for them because... If I buy a $225,000 machine, like I better get busy with that thing right away. If I'm doing four a month, like I'm going to be dead before I even made that machine make sense. That's why some people are charging $20,000 for it. I know, but you know, like how or are you, you going to do? do? And it's just, it, it is, it's really yeah. hard. As a surgeon, it's hard for me to justify that. It is. But for the patients, I think they really... They love it. I mean, I'm clearly a fan. I'm on board. Yeah. Um, I think it my like age David group... does a ton of them. Dr. Dorfman does a lot, yeah. Um, and good. And I think, I think I'm, I'm the candidate for it. You know, I'm, it's for me, I, I'm not looking for a huge result. I just want to do something, right. you know, to prevent my future facelift, basically. Which is coming. I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> Which is coming. I, I, I don't right. know if I'm going to do face tight three times. The third time might just be facelift. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I mean, that, that goes to the beginning. That, that's where I think the earlier you do your, your deep plane facelift, the less you're ever going to age. Like once it's right. done, that, that finishes it off. So I think that's where like these devices start to crap out. Yes. And then you say, okay, well. What's next? I, I see the jowls. I know I'm only 43 or 42, but like. The, this they bother is like, me. I know where this is going. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a mystery. I can see my mom and my grandma. Right. So this is where it's going. So if you jump on it early, then you don't get to age like that. Right. And you can enjoy the results earlier right. rather than waiting 10 years for that facelift. Let's see, I'm going to wait till I look like a total old bag. <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to get a facelift, which is going to be somewhat compromised in its result because I waited so long and the skin got used to being that stretchy shape and, and being yeah. that stretchy and, yeah. and I aged more. So that's where... You know, again, I think, you know, as these machines hit their hit the wall, you go in and get the... Get the now system. we're talking about surgery, right. which I can also speak to. <laughs> this is why this podcast was my idea. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's great. Could be a double feature. Maybe we'll split it in two. So late 30s is, is when you might want to start thinking about some surgical options. And usually this is where you're going to start seeing changes, mainly in the orbital region in the upper and mid face. So you might start seeing some extra skin of the upper eyelids. You may start noticing some descent of the eyebrows. You may start noticing a step off of your lower eyelid between the lower eyelid and the cheek. Um, and this is where aging kind of typically starts to show first in the late 30s, 40 age group. Um, and the procedure that I had a couple of years ago, I couldn't be happier with. 
Um, I saw we have, there's a whole podcast <laughs> there's about There's a whole it. podcast about yeah, the mid-face lift. lift. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the age. By the way, Dr. Dorfman gave a huge kudos to you. I hadn't seen him since my facelift. And he uh, was like, wow, you look great. Dr. Calvert did such a good job. So, but that, the, just to recap it, and thank you, the, the, is, that's where we make uh, incisions in the hair up on the temples and use the endoscope to travel down over the bones. It's done, the entire face is taken off of the bones w- with the scope. And then we lift, you know, I lift with, uh, with sutures or with an endotine device, a device that's absorbable that gets into the cheek mass and brings it up and brings up the lateral brow. You can also do a medial brow lift with it. Lower, I usually do the lower eyelids with it to help with the release of the mid-face and the, and the, uh, uh, the ligament across the lid, which takes a very long lower eyelid and makes it short, mm-hmm. as, we can, as it's right. demonstrated right mm-hmm. here in front of me. And it, uh, obliter- it, looks great. it obliterates that that line that's typically filled in by fillers. And again, because I don't like fillers, I didn't want to put them there. Um, surgery is the option. You know, if yeah, you don't like works. that that crease under your lower eyelid, then surgery, I think, is the best option for Doing that. Doing one tomorrow. And you can do one. You can put your upper <laughs> eyelids there. If you, I didn't do the upper eyelids, but you certainly can if you need it. So that this is when that mid-face, lateral brow, blepharoplasty surgery starts to make sense. Um, you don't really need a full face in your late 30s, but you might need something in the mid-upper face area. It really does redistribute that cheek mass, too. Because I mean, if you look at your before and afters, which I don't think I've posted anywhere except in my blog, but the you can see that you had like descent of this yeah, cheek mass, and now sure. it's like it's like up where it belongs. Yep. You know, it's you, you it's very noticeable, and it restores that natural, beautiful curve of the face that you know basically makes women start to look very boxy and, mm-hmm. and man-like as they get older. And right. that's, that, that's the nature sh- of gravity. That, that ain't cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what, no, nobody's going for that look. <laughs> hey, you know what I'd like is how about if you make my face it's look really, really boxy and fat and like get all the volume out of my, I, yeah, just suck this out. And <laughs> no, that's not cool. Right. That's where, that's where the mid face, that's where the blepharoplasty start to come in. And then that gets you to, you know, your early forties. And from early, mid-40s on, um, yeah, it's kind of facelift territory. And you're looking at the facelift definitely, if you're really definitely. trying to get the dramatic anti-aging result. All of the things we just discussed, you can certainly continue to do in your 40s, 50s. You're just going to see much limited results. Yeah, I mean, the, the facelift, you know, I, I just I can't stress enough how nice the results are with this deep plane technique that you know we've been just harping on it and i I think it just it reduces so many of the problems i mean it doesn't get rid of them you know you can still get a hematoma you can still have nerve injuries you still have all the the usual issues but there just seem to be a lot less no it's a great one i i I I love it i love the whole deep plane i love facelifts in general i think that I mean, as a surgeon, as a patient, I think they're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I love I mean, them. Uh, I got a bunch of them coming up too, so it's good. Um, but yeah, that's it. I, I think the the biggest first step move is get a consultation, get in with a plastic surgeon, and get some information. Get a great PA, get a great office. I mean, not everybody can come to our you know little uh, spot here in Southern California. So wherever you are, and, and we know that that. Uh, People always say like, "Who do I go to in you know South Carolina? Who do I go to in Florida? Who do I go to in this?" And and we'll we'll shoot it back to you. But you know, there's there are great places to go. And there's and, many, yeah, many, I mean, many, there many are great pl- plastic, plastic surgeons, surgeons board certified pl- plastic surgeons who know what they're doing, who have have a good eye. Look at the before and afters. You don't want to go to some 
place where they make people look like cartoon characters on a regular basis. That's not your spot. Unless you want to look like a cartoon character, then go there. Which is a look. Which, which evidently, there are plenty of people that want that. So that, that's okay. You know, whatever floats your boat, you know, whatever gets your gander, your goose, whatever it is I'm trying to say. <laughs> whatever you like. That's, that's the point. Go to where you like it, you know, and you'll find somebody that can help you with it. They're, everybody's got a different aesthetic. Everybody's got a different vision of beauty. It's totally okay. Whatever you like, that's what you go for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're not, uh, you know, we, we create certain looks here. I mean, Dr. Ravello is a different aesthetic than I do, and that's just the way it is because every artist is their own, their own best critic. They, they're the ones who go, I don't like that. I like it like this. And yeah. so you got to ask those questions, get the information, and then make a plan so that you can go forward with confidence and max out, you know, whatever, whatever you want out of your aesthetics. I mean... And, and yeah, this stuff costs money. It's, it ain't yes. cheap. I mean, you got to have it like a little piggy bank, plastic surgery cheap. fund, you know, whatever you can do. Go fund me. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> I need a facelift. <laughs> Go to GoFundMe.com slash I need a facelift. <laughs> yeah. And I think we mentioned this on the facelift podcast. Like, if you're even at all like listening to this and thinking, yeah, I want to get on board with this, then start your facelift fund now yeah. because you don't want to be hit with a big price tag when you're in your mid forties and you're like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting that, but you want it. And that's the problem. That's where you, I, have, I see patients are like, but I want it, but I can't afford it, but I want it, but I can't afford it. So if you're at all thinking about that, know that it's on the radar, then maybe start setting aside some money for that. Because it'll come sooner rather than later, and trust me, you're going to want it. Yeah. You're going to really want it. When you want it, you want it. Yes. <laughs> Especially when you you see the problem, and you know that there's a solution for it, and it's hard not to just totally. want it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, we're fortunate that the technology does keep improving. Um, you know, we love seeing people get great results. I mean, that, that's kind of like our thing. And, yeah. You know, we're do, are the facelifts that we've been doing just turning out so great again i got i think i have two this week and maybe maybe two the next week so i'm really really excited for those plus a smattering of noses in there but um yeah i think that's the deal do you have anything else dr vella nope i think that's it i think that is our podcast on reversing the aging process and this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. 
This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.